0: announcement the hemp revolution will not be televised i repeat the hemp revolution will not be televised welcome to the hemp revolution podcast this is Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado. This is another badass rock star Monday morning episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez, and we are diving into the stories behind the products and the people who are pushing this industry forward, ensuring that you guys have the access to the best and highest quality products and education and information that's available on the marketplace. If you are a client or patient or somebody who's using these products, check us out at medicalsecrets.com for reviews and suggestions on which brands and products you can trust to deliver you the results that you're looking for. And if you are a budding entrepreneur or established brand and are finding yourself up against some significant roadblocks that are preventing your success or entry into the green rush, Check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. We are happy to help with over 35 years of experience in this space. There's not many things that we can't do. In today's episode, we are going to be talking to the founders of Thrive Flower CBD, which is based out of Philadelphia. Can't believe how how widespread this industry is going so quickly. Thrive Flower is taking pride in creating high quality and third party tested CBD products, serving both a local and online community. And their mission is to spread CBD awareness and how beneficial it can be for our bodies, our minds, our spirits, and for our daily use and root Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Mr. Jake Wolf. And I didn't get the name of our partner.
1: Jake Wolf's brother, Jug Wolf. (laughs)
0: Jake and Jug, I like it. I like it. it. The JJs. What's up, guys?
1: too much. It's good to be here with you.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys. Okay, so intros are all good and well and super fun. But I love to hear straight from the horse's mouth. Who are you guys? What have you been up to and how did you find yourself in CBD?
2: Well, I found myself in CBD because John and I are, we're big cannabis advocates and we actually heard about CBD a few years before the actual CBD boom actually happened as well as the farm bill. So mm-hmm. we, we thought it was a great idea to get into the business as well. We had two other co-founders that are involved in the glass community. I don't know if you ever heard of mayoral courts. Uh, No, it's like
1: it's the quartz nails used for uh, dabbing concentrates. And one of our founders is the founder of that as well.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Personally, I got into CBD after a uh, rock climbing incident. I pushed my limits a little too far and fell off of a rock and really hurt my elbow. And uh, it was like a year. I'm sorry, recovery. you fell
0: off of a rock and hurt your elbow. I'd be like,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, did, I did ragdoll on the way down, but it was just my elbow that got hurt. Nothing like too serious, but inflammation was a big problem. And anytime I would go to try to stretch, I would like hurt myself even more. So CBD really helped me with uh, pre, like pre-workout, because it helped the the inflammations. The stretching was a little bit more effective. Then I just heard at the rock climbing gym. I just heard so many people. Talking about like, they were like, wow, how are you doing this? And then that was kind of my beginning into the CBD world. How old are you guys? Well, I'm
2: uh, 25 and I'm 26.
0: Oh, this is awesome. I love, I I (laughs) love young, hungry entrepreneurs. This is going (laughs) to be the best. Okay. So being on the East coast, you have somewhat of a more, how can I say, Traditional expectation of how you should approach success in your life. You know, out in California and us like West Coasters, we're a little bit more liberal about how we can go about creating stuff. There's not as much pressure. This is, you know, they're like, oh, okay, great. If you want to travel the beaches on your fucking bike, go for it. But like back east. <laughs> They're like, you're going to, you're going to boarding school in Greenwich. You're going to go to an Ivy league school. Like the energy and temperature is quite a bit different. How are, did you guys go to college? Did you follow the traditional route and say, forget um, it? We're going to start our own business. Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: I would say I, I agree with you on the traditional part of that, but I would say our parents, specifically, our parents raised us pretty well and kind of
2: open-minded. Open-minded,
1: going for what you want. We both did attend college. I started at Drexel University and then ended up transferring to Temple University on account of the money.
2: I played college hockey at the University of Delaware. So. Yeah. And then after that, I majored in marketing and I had a lot of uh, digital marketing background experience. And I was working for uh, a digital agency for a couple of years before I decided I want to become an entrepreneur and use my skills to help promote our online marketing as well as sales. I actually graduated with an electrical
1: engineering degree, but uh, <laughs> I found the entrepreneur style, a lifestyle a little bit better. And our mother, she owns her own clothing store and has for her whole life. So that was like where we really got yeah. our entrepreneurial spirit. She had a store where she was able to come home when we got home from work, I mean, from class at, in high school and stuff. So really, she instilled all those values into us.
0: Nice, guys. That's awesome. That's not always the case. There's a lot of folks who are just like completely pushed towards, you know, getting your degree and f- getting a good job and doing all of this stuff. And it takes a lot for them to tap into the courage or strength to start their own venture, especially in such a controversial subject. What is the temperature over there in your local community? I know you guys have built up a pretty uh, strong...
1: I mean, I mean in, a, in Philadelphia itself, decriminalization of marijuana occurred, I think it was like four years ago. And yeah. now in Pennsylvania, it is medical and there are recreational bills being put through cbd wise you can really find it anywhere there's coffee shops saxby's is our main local coffee shop and they have it everywhere there's like there's smoke shops offering dabs of cbd for reviews on the streets mm-hmm. you know, yeah yeah <laughs> it,
2: it, it just started booming about a year ago here when we yeah really okay. started seeing signs of it everywhere And that's the exact time when we started working on our brand and our company as well. We were like, okay, we just entered the market at a perfect time right now. I will say though, at
1: at a lot of events that we do, a lot of, I guess the maybe like 45 and older crowd come up to us and when we talk about CBD, they're like whispering to us, oh yeah, I smoke. And we're like, yeah, uh, we smoke too.
0: So cute. So cute. All the cougars are like coming into your booth. They're like, hey, yeah. you guys got CBD, eh? I love it. I love it. So just about a year ago, you guys entered into the marketplace and the landscape has changed quite a bit in just such a short period of time talk to me a little bit about your inspiration behind your brand what was who was the person that you had in mind when you started to build your your brand and and formulate your products
2: here in Philadelphia as well that we were working a lot with in the beginning they're helping us uh, get on our feet as well uh, but th- we also went through the process of becoming 100% compliant, as well as create a high quality brand and 100% transparent company S- with the third party lab test results, of course, because we, we noticed that when we are starting, all, was, the market is completely saturated with a lot of companies that don't even provide these high quality ingredients and don't even provide third-party lab tests or don't even put that much cbd on their product. so we were striving to create that high quality brand within our community as well i would say our target audience grew really rapidly it started
1: just with ourselves enjoying it but then my mom was like what's this and she got off of ambient using it and then she talked to my grandma and really like the demographics spread very quickly we at some point we were just targeting one specific person we were just targeting quality wellness because like everyone needs sleep everyone has pain and inflammation so there's a little differences of why they need it at that point but the the reason like the uh, way to approach approach it is the same
0: nice I love that so uh, b- before we started recording we were talking a little bit about how you guys had built up a really strong community following and I also know that you have experience in the digital space so talk to me through a little bit about how you've been able to generate your local community following you know how you've what are some of like the key strategies that you've implemented to generate cash flow in these beginning stages here because we all know that that's the biggest challenge in the beginning of any business. So I'd love to hear from you a little bit about how you approached your local community and how you started to become a you know the a go-to brand in
1: your local community. Well, it, it really started with a lot of personal connections. As I said, we're all uh, the four founders of our company, me, my, my brother here, Jake, and our two other co-founders, Kurt and Colby. We're all uh, Philadelphia residents for like the past 10 years. So we have great local connections. We participate in the community, volunteering and uh giving back. And we have our we have even our local shops. I have a dog store I've been going to for eight years and they were one of the first ones to carry our Man. products. <laughs> and, and also when,
2: whenever we get our products into a, a local retail shop, we offer informational event, like we'll actually set up a booth outside their shop. And we, we talk to passing by pedestrians and customers as well to educate them on the benefits of CBD. And we're like, Hey, like you can actually purchase our products inside this local shop here, support local communities, you know, it boosts the economy. So that's what we're all about.
0: I love that. And I love the message of building in like support local. That's a huge movement right now. And I think one that's underutilized by the CBD industry right now, you know, the cannabis industry was super committed. They kept all the cash flow in the communities that they were, that they were growing in, but the CBD industry is much more money hungry (laughs) (laughs) or at least outwardly, at least outwardly. So, you know, there's a lot of people are looking at the online strategy, losing their hat because it's very, very challenging to market online. Tell me a little bit about the challenges that you guys have faced in this first year. What would have been like three key challenges or even two? What are what are some of the biggest roadblocks you guys are up against in growing right now? Uh,
2: so I guess for online space, there are a lot of restrictions when it comes to online marketing for CBD. Like... With the FDA stepping in, also you can't be advertising a lot of health claims. So a lot of our marketing is not specifically going making health claims. It's more like letting the customer like figure out how it can benefit themselves. But we also we educate them, but not to the point where we're making like definite health claims. The and then yeah, as well as Facebook and other social media websites, they're very against advertising for CBD products just because everything's so up in the air with it right now. So uh, yeah, we're we're very engaging on all of our social media platforms. That's why like we have such a high rated like customer service rating. And and then another issue I would say is um, timing and efficiency because there's a
1: lot of not quality products on the market. And so when we go into a new product and like try to get uh, re-ups on products, we have to first test it ourselves and sending out for testing then have all the labels and stuff made. But a lot of the time, we're getting stuff that we think is going to be great. The price point comes, and it's great, and then we send it out for testing, and it's not what we were told. So, so you like, guys
0: have to go through a lot yeah. of quality control when. Yeah, you're so then really, and then battery.
1: that takes it takes time, which is unfortunate because we want to service all of our customers and stuff. So we really have to stock up heavy in order to account for all this time spent in quality control
0: so you're taking on a pretty significant liability on the front end having to carry so much inventory and then get to buy yourself that bank of time to recover the investment but then similar sort of challenge
1: we hope we think that we're setting off that liability by having the quality products and we do like a lot of analysis in what our needs are going to be in the upcoming uh, months and quarters and stuff like that so really we have we have a good idea of what we're going to need it's just, it is, it is a balancing act, I would say. And it's something that didn't come right away. It was something that we learned along the way.
0: Yeah, totally. So even if you have a stabilized manufacturer, and I hear this a lot actually, but even when you select a manufacturer and you love, you know, how they do things and what they're up to and you find a product that you love, the couple things that I've heard is, as far as the supply chain goes, because what you're talking about is stable supply chain, knowing yeah. that when you're going to get a product that it's actually the product that you purchased the last time. And this is this this ripple effect goes all the way down to the consumer because we talk a lot to the consumers. We hear from their perspective where they're like, oh, well, this brand was working before, but all yeah. of a sudden it stopped working. Is it me or is it the brand? And I'm like, hey, if, you know, it's a combination of both your now your endocannabinoid system is activated now you're building up a tolerance to what you're taking and you have to make adjustments to dosing so on and so forth but there's also a real challenge in the supply chain so even what i'm finding is that even when you find a manufacturer that you enjoy working with they are still having trouble with the sourcing aspect which is what ultimately is affecting their formulations truthfully manufacturers are just formulators they have the people in there who are throwing shit together, but they need to source, you know, the raw material to be able to exactly. create. And not
1: everybody's vertically integrated. Yeah, we uh, we sell just hemp flour as well. So we understand the, the manufacturers trying to find quality flour. And it comes, and so like testing wise, you're not supposed to just test per product, you're supposed to test per batch. So yeah. like, make. Like one batch of the top cools or acquire one batch of the gummies or something. We're supposed to mm-hmm. test that, and then when we get a new batch, we have to test that as well. Mm-hmm. The same thing goes for the manufacturers. So, like, just because you got a product good one time does not mean that it will be on point the next time. That's why we really need to be vigilant about when products are tested and when they were formulated. Because you could see test results from two thousand eighteen for a product that was made in two thousand nineteen, and that's not mm-hmm. the way it should be. And that's why you see problems with quality.
0: I love how you guys are building in the transparency ahead of time too. And I think a lot more companies are moving in this direction, but the fact that you're doing it from the start really helps to people to establish trust within your brand early on. So good job on that one. And the transparency I think is so super important because a people have no idea they have they're, they think they're smoking weed still <laughs> you know
1: a lot of, a lot of retailers we found have uh, been carrying products and really don't know what's in it and we asked them do you have lab no. testing for this and they're like lab testing uh, yeah
2: uh, I'll, I'll, it's actually shocking how many retailers that we've talked to don't even know what it is
0: how and many retail how many retailers are you guys distributing in right now
2: like 40, uh, I think it's like 40 or 50 or something
0: like that. Nice guys. Yeah. Way to hustle it up.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I mean,
0: if you started a year ago, let's be honest, it takes three to six months. Uh, to
2: yeah. So list. we actually, we, we started working on the company in last September and we didn't fully launch our website until March.
0: Yeah, that's what I was just saying, is that yeah. it really takes three to six months. I'm in a high-level master's group right now, and we're three months in, and people are just like, we're not making money yet. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. fucking nobody is. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it, It's hard to get started. You know, it's really, really hard to get this yeah. plane off it, the
1: it's ground. It's a snowball effect. My mom yeah. keeps asking when I'm going to write myself a paycheck, <laughs> and I'm like, mom, I'm <laughs> on business first. No, <laughs> wait
0: a minute, you guys. That's yeah. a really good question that your mom is asking you because I just fucking learned this excuse my language I cussed like, no worries, a- <laughs> like I'm just a hundred percent raw and real but I just learned this th- this theory called the power of zero and also what you're training your mind and your business to believe about you from the very beginning and it really 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 like somewhere in the ethers affects the way that your business is growing if you don't pay yourself and it increases the level of burnout too. So you have to get this book. I swear to God, I've talked about this book like four times in the last few episodes, but I'm doing it again because it is so transformational. Roger James Hamilton and the Millionaire Master Plan. The Millionaire Master Plan, not kidding, order it off of Amazon. It's an incredible It's an incredible book with, with really powerful tools in it around like how to build your business, your promotion plans, all of your stuff. And I joined his mentorship program not too long ago and I'm looking, we, he has two meters of success, two measurements of success. One is impact and one is income. Now income is distributed in like your personal income and then your company income. And when I was looking at my impact, I was like, fuck, yeah, we've impacted 50 million people in the last 18 months. And, you know, our metrics are off the chart. And then I'm looking, I'm like, cool, if I had a dollar for every person, <laughs> 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 I impacted, <end> <laughs> right, but that's just not the case. And so when I'm looking at those measurements and I'm like, man, and he so started to ask me some questions about like, okay, great you know, how do you pay yourself? When do you pay yourself? How much do you pay yourself? And I'm like, well, I don't, everyone else is paid my bill. You know, my business takes care of ABC and D. And so I'm good. And he's like, no, 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 no. You are not your business. Your business is something that you're running, but it's not running you. Like you have to get paid for the contribution that you're giving your business or the universe is not going to pay you. And I was like, no, stop it. We're, we're (laughs) bootstrapping. Like, this is nonsense and blah blah blah. No, stop. I started to pay myself just a little bit, like hundred bucks a week. You know, whatever, just a little bit at a time. I'm not even kidding you. And he gave me like a schedule to to follow. I'm not even kidding you. My business started to make more money. I started to make more money. I was able to give people title and um, you know, financial raises. Like I'm talking within the first three months. It was incredible to see the transformation. So it's an important question that your mom is asking you because what you, how you show up is how the universe will show up for you. It's just this unwritten law of reciprocity and the universe watches how you value yourself and therefore will put that value in front of you. And it's absolutely crazy to think about. It's a little bit woo woo, but I'm throwing it on the table because you're just Young and sharp enough to grab hold of that.
1: As an engineer, I understand equal and opposite reaction. You know, Newton's second law. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm telling you what, dude. And I was thinking to myself while he was telling you this, I was just like, "This is bullshit." You obviously haven't run a bootstrap business in a long time. (laughs) 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 But then, but then I I gave it a try, literally with the intention to see the to see the process fail, and it didn't. So. I I encourage you you to actually.
1: I have the uh, Power of Zero book up on my computer right now. Yeah, Power of Zero (laughs)
0: and the Millionaire Master Plan by Roger James Hamilton. Both
1: like just quick quick purchase on Amazon.
0: Yeah, quick (laughs) purchase right there. Okay. As far as you got, like, what do you see, what is your vision? What is your mission for your company in the next, say, 12 months? Where do you got, what are some like milestones? You said you take a lot of time in planning. What's the next big milestone that you're wanting to hit right now that will, in 12 months, you'll be like, I can't believe we did this. Hell yeah, let's do it again.
2: So for one, we're looking to open up our own brick and mortar store, probably nice. in center city and maybe in the Red house area to get some foot traffic as well. We're aiming for the spring because once better weather to be walking around. And I mean, and also we're looking to uh, update our product line as well. So we're, we're, in the future, we'll be creating uh, like wellness targeted like CBD oil tinctures, for example. So we're going to have ones for sleep, for focus, for like energy, as well as for pain and uh
0: more functional yeah yeah for functions
1: we're actually looking into we're doing a lot of events so that's something that we found to be really uh, successful for us because one people are there to learn or to spend money and either either way that's good for our brand to spread information or to get capital
0: and you you want to do your own events or do you want to like go to events uh, a little
1: bit of both one of the events that we're looking at doing is a CBD dinner in Philadelphia in which we're going to have like a lot of people over and cook a dinner and then we're going to give all the profits to a local we're, we're looking at a few charities my vote is for Morris Animal Refuge uh, yeah. it's a local yeah, like, doll I, refuge my, mine has been for like mental health awareness but you know not no reason we can't do any of it so that would be something we would do on our own it takes a little bit more planning to do because we want to get like media coverage for that kind of thing to make it worth it to get the word out there But other events wise, we just got done doing the Made in Philadelphia Fall Market, which is just a big market of all local Philadelphia brands uh, right in front of City Hall, big brand. And then upcoming is the Christmas market as well. So I'm pretty excited about doing all those.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Live events is like my ninja thing. I absolutely love it. My team is badass at putting the right people in the room. And I've, that's actually one of the ways that I jump started my business. So I think it's such a fantastic thing to weave in, especially right now. Like, um, so part of one of my business pieces is a certification course. And I teach a lot of my students how to go out into their local communities and host me every, ask me anything and everything event. And it's like, Uh, It's basically like a lemonade stand that they can host as a meetup where people can come in, they can pay or not, and ask anything that they want to know about CBD and cannabinoid health and phytonutrients and blah, 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 because that's what I certify them in. Mm -hmm. And and it's been wildly successful. I even have people like one of my students who is an ex-fire chief of 25 years is seeing just like incredible transformation in the communities that he's serving by giving this education and is now starting to travel all over to give the same sort of advice.
1: Education Um, really does spread word of mouth very quickly. That's what we have an info booklet, which is kind of just like a brochure that shows a lot of things that CBD does for you, how it interacts with your body, as well as the legality and stuff. And we print thousands of them and hand them out just to people just yeah. so they can know what's they yeah. have some physical in their hand that says what cbd is not just the internet or like your aunt telling you what it is oh, but
2: yeah. all, all of our retailers have these info books as well so it's easy and it also helps us like separate ourselves from other cbd companies
0: yeah absolutely i, th- I don't think like now i feel like I feel like more so now than ever, and the industry's been around, let's call it four and a half years or so, uh, now more than ever, the consumer is demanding more than just a product
1: with a pretty label. And they should be, because there's a lot of risks in taking products that aren't, one of the main things we get asked is, am I going to pass a drug test? Yeah yes with our products you're going to because we do third-party tests and make sure that the levels of thc are below the legal limits but i also tell them even if you're not buying from us make sure to look for testing from other companies because you could get products that has we've we've recently we're trying to source a new tincture and we we love the taste of it sent it out for testing and it came back at a it was like one percent thc when the legal limit is 0.3 thc yeah and a lot you know. So it's something you definitely need to be careful about exactly. for specific things like drug tests. You could lose your job. Or you're taking yeah. a product that's not uh, legally
2: compliant.
0: Do you have a bunch of entrepreneurial friends in your circle or are you guys?
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Our other, other co-founders understand. are uh, entrepreneurs as well. So we, we all feed off the, the energy and vibe of each other. Yeah.
0: Nice. But outside of your partnership is your, your friend circle. Have you noticed that it's changed or or do you have a circle of friends who are also entrepreneurial?
1: So I would say my friends circle definitely has gone through some changes. One, just because a lot of us recently graduated college a few years ago. So a lot of my friends have uh, moved all, moved across the country and things for different jobs. But none of them have their own business like this. I will say, though, a lot of people talk about doing a business and then ask me for information and advice, like what I'm doing. So, like, the thought of it is out there. The Action wise, people have
2: taken action. It's just also, awesome, I would say, yeah, yeah. but like, it's, it's all about when it becomes, a, when it comes to be, being an entrepreneur, it's a lot about the determination and motivation behind your words, like actions speak louder than words.
1: A lot of people seem seemed like they're in a business right now. Like my one friend is in medical sales and he constantly talks about wanting to start his own thing, but I think he's learning a lot at his current place and to do that, but I think a lot of what we learned was just being a cannabis activist from the beginning. You know,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like legalize yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. legalize, you know?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, my whole page is called legalize it. Don't criticize it. That's where we have our million followers. So right. I'm I'm all about the movement. I, my story started as a patient, so I I'm and then I somehow as barely graduating high school, never going to college and working as a hairdresser, found my way into developing legislation that would legalize cannabis and owning and operating one of the first licensed dispensaries in the world and, you know, interfacing with tens of thousands of people around the world. So when I'm listening to you guys, I listen from the perspective of a patient, but also a business person, because I've, I've walked both roads, right. And because, because of that Huchiman trail that I've been, (laughs) (laughs) that that I've been on. I'm like always listening for the key things that I know are going to make a company successful, especially when you guys are still in your infancy. I mean, you're, you're to market what seven months, you know, so it's going to be a really, really, really exciting growth period for you guys. How are you preparing for the shifts in compliance? I know that you guys are watching that really carefully right now, third-party testing, taking those extra steps what are what are some of your key considerations for compliance and how are you preparing for
1: it one thing we're doing is we are developing relationships with the actual testing facilities as well as uh, legal experts who can walk us through this stuff so when it does come we do have an idea of what we're getting into and we have the people on our side to accomplish the compliancy that we need
0: what are some if you As I mentioned before the, before the show, we have sort of a mixed bag of the clients, which in a moment I'll let you guys share with them where they can find out more about your business and your brand and, and try some of your products. But speaking to the business, the people who are in business or who are looking at this, maybe there's somebody in Ohio or Massachusetts or what, or, you know, someplace where it is not yet so prominent and they're watching the green rush bud and bloom right now what are some key pieces of advice that you could offer them and or considerations while they're looking at joining the movement
1: uh patient wise or business wise
0: business wise
1: what i would tell people is i I would say evaluate your community needs first off see like what kind of stuff is out there what kind of stores carry certain types of products and then from there you can kind of get a feel of where you want to start because you can't just buy a bunch. I mean, it depends on your capital to start. You can't just buy a bunch of products. You know, we we, yeah. we started with only like three to four products, and then as, ben, ben, that was ben ben based Star, off yeah. of what we saw around us, what people would want.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then from and as well as um, a little market research online to see yeah. the most popular product like nationally. So we did like a combination of our topical products, which was something that he, like as in the rock climbing industry, we had a lot of people requesting topical products. And then we had a lot of people requesting tinctures. So we started with topicals and tincture. And then the next step was in my dog store. And I was like, wow, you guys also have CBD dog? Oh, yeah. tri- I have a dog. We yeah. all have dogs. Why, why don't we have dog stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so we,
2: got, we got dog stuff. CBD is obviously in a ton of smoked and glass shops as well. So that's when we, we saw a lot of the CBD hemp flour as well as the vape pens going on. So we, we added that to our product line as well. Another thing to consider then would be uh, with yeah, our, the
1: lab test. Lab test, but also um, liability insurance is another thing that a lot of do are not required to have that, but a lot of, like for events and stuff that we do. Uh, liability insurance is required and there are certain products that make it much much more expensive such as uh, vape pens with batteries already installed like disposable vape pens flower and stuff so a lot if you're trying to grow larger the uh, insurance cost will come Increased, up at some yeah. point and that's something you should keep in mind and maybe even we've talked to, we've been talking to insurance people since the very beginning finding out like if we take this step what's it gonna cost us in yeah. insurance premium wise
0: Good, good, good pieces of advice. I like it. I think one of the golden nuggets that I would add on top of that is don't grow and scale too quickly. I love how you guys started with just like, I say this all the time to my clients, pick three products. It doesn't matter if you only release two, but if you start getting into like four, five, six products, now you're carrying the liability for all of this stuff. And one of the things that kills businesses the fastest is over leverage or oh mm-hmm. you know overextending yourself and your resources and your team before you really have established you know distribution so i love starting with two or three really core products that you can offer in combination or as a bundle and then go out into your local community and and test the viability and interest based mm-hmm. off of your research i think a lot of people are just like awesome gummies and vapes are you know the the hot shit and let's let, am yeah. I'm, I'm gonna make one too but i i don't think that they really think about like the ripple effect you start in your community yeah. and move out from there so and and every community is different based off of the population that they have there so really understand where you are and what they are looking for i absolutely love that piece of advice and grow yeah. slow
1: yeah definitely growing slow and being visually like one thing that we learned along the way we really had a need for the vapes like we said but so we were evaluating our needs and such and when we and we like to focus on a high quality branding like really cool looking packaging and stuff so to do that we have branded our pens have our our logo on them and stuff like that but all of these things have minimum order quantities like you can't just get one pen with your logo on it you need to get Five oh, yeah.
2: thousand, and it's, <laughs> it's a
1: large. It's definitely a large cost for something that you think will sell really well. And but then you're buying a lot. And how fast are you going to sell it then? Yeah. So- how, so- did
0: you, how did you guys access the capital? I know that that's like when I ask the question, "What are the challenges?" Usually, it's marketing, merchant processing, and capital. Capital is always like we don't have the cash flow. We don't have this. We don't have that to be able to do the things that we want to do. How did you guys, especially as young entrepreneurs, how did you guys approach getting the resources that you needed in order to grow and, and start? We
1: actually, amongst the four of us, we all have our own, we had our own source of income prior to this, one being Mayoral Quartz. It's a quartz company that sells quartz yep. yeah. nails for bank. dabbing concentrates. So we already had that source of income as well as a few other things that we had going on. So we put in a little money from ourselves, we raised a little money from family and friends, and then we also got a line of credit from the bank. When we opened up our bank account, they were pretty excited. Nice, we had a yeah. good connection with the banker because he already works with our other businesses. So he was like, yeah, like here's some money. And
2: we're like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Make it happen. And uh, so
1: that, that had its own risk, though, of uh, financing charges, not getting money back to pay it back quickly enough, and then yeah. stuff like that. But uh, that is something that we planned for and were very careful with. We weren't just spending the, the bank's money willy-nilly. It was on yeah. things that we knew we could pay back like, immediately. Quickly, yeah.
0: You you guys are primed for some inc- incredible significant. I mean, I'm waiting to hear the blood, sweat, and tears that come into this whole thing. And so far, you're like, oh yeah, like we got we got this, we figured this out. And I don't know if you guys have just I'm very to relaxed
1: you. on CBD. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're getting high on our own supply over here. <laughs> so, but I I mean, even still, you can tell. I, I had a I had a, a friend of mine, a colleague who is doing running multiple uh, seven figure campaigns for cbd and i call him a mas- magic messenger he is a copywriter for like sales copy and stuff like that really really talented and he wrote this post and it said people can smell commitment and they can smell desperation yeah. and you can literally see in in certain interviews that i have when somebody is like in a state of desperation and they're drowning under the responsibility that they've built around themselves. And you can see when somebody's like, you know, like a Spartan shored up and ready to go, (laughs) shored up and ready to go. They don't care who's coming, like they're ready. And that's, you guys kind of have that Spartan vibe of where you're like, (laughs) I, I will
1: say that since being super involved with doing this company, my personal health, not just from like CBD use, obviously, I want to say that, but uh-huh. like, just personally, like I've been getting out, working out more, connect, uh-huh. connecting, like out in nature more. I don't know if it's something to do with me being uh-huh. productive for myself in my business that makes me
2: productive for myself in my personal life, uh-huh. but they,
1: they have gone, it has been a correlation.
2: Yeah. It's it's definitely like having a passion behind your work, uh, work and loving what you do. So like, we, we both love being entrepreneurs. So that's going to cater to our life and our wellness as well.
0: I love it. Do you have girlfriends right now that are jealous?
2: I am single. I do.
0: You have a girl. Is she jealous?
1: Jealous? Yeah. Uh, is I, she
0: mad at CBD for taking your time uh, and attention? No, no,
1: she's not mad at CBD. She, she does sometimes to be like, oh my God, you get to hang out with our dog while, uh, yeah. while you're out there making money. And I'm, she's, she's in marketing in a hospital. Time off, wise and stuff, is not something that she easily comes by. But when she yeah. does, I'm able to make the best of it with her.
0: Oh, that's so. Mm-hmm. Sweet. We just got
1: back a uh, actually a three week trip to uh, Europe. We were in Italy and Germany, meeting some family that we had never met before over there. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was really Germany.
0: Cool. I love that. Uh, <laughs> Octoberfest
1: yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> Oktoberfest is perfect time. <laughs> uh, it's
1: good, it's good. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. You guys, this is so great. I can't wait to follow up on your story in a couple months from now and just see where you're at after fourth quarter. Like you're going into your first fourth quarter in market. How are you going to take advantage of this buying frenzy that we're getting ready to go into?
2: Uh, We'll do a lot of marketing when the time comes around for, you know, holidays or money spending. Season. We've, start, so we've started putting more money yeah. into
1: advertising and marketing yeah. and stuff like that. And now we're doing more professional shoots as well as really pushing the limit on what we can do for events. Uh, event-wise, when you have to do them, you have to pay for the spots. Some of them are yeah. just like, wow, I can't afford $5,000 for the booth. But now it's yeah, something we that can, we yeah, see yeah, yeah. from doing other events that have cost less and brought us in uh, A lot uh, X of amount of money that made yeah. it worth it. I wouldn't say uh, we're, uh, what am I looking? thriving. We're thriving. I love it. We're thriving. We're thriving. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Uh we put cheese on that sandwich today. That's good. <laughs> but I like it. Any final words for or actually where can where can folks find you and find out more about where you're gonna be and what you're up to or if they want to try your product?
2: Yeah, definitely. So we have a you can go to thriveflower.com to check out everything about our company. We also have a blog section that so you can keep up on the latest trends in the C B D industry as well. As us educating you about the benefits CBD has to offer, and you can also find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. We are very engaging with our with our customers and people who want to learn more about CBD. So Instagram. definitely, definitely follow us on social media. At yeah, at Thrive Flower, and then on Facebook is at slash Thrive Flower LLC and then yeah uh, as well as keep up with our blog we we love instagram we're big instagram yeah. it's like you know, dm us you know we'll yeah. talk to you we'll call you we'll tell yeah. you anything well, we're, we respond very quick so if you, <laughs> yeah, if you just want to talk to us we'll talk um,
0: dating apps are in uh, dating applications are in a separate section ladies so don't yeah. get too excited okay <laughs> we only got one free wolf over here yeah. so um. <laughs> much you guys for your time today i'm so super fascinated by your business can't wait to celebrate more for those of you who are tuning in today we have all of the links and all of the social handles are posted right here inside of the blog uh, including show notes and highlights from today's interview make sure to check them out at thriveflower.com right
1: yeah and instagram at thriveflower
0: and instagram at thrive flower guys check them out again the links are going to be all right here around this video we hope you enjoyed today's interview this was another rock star episode of the hemp revolution podcast i'm your host sonia and we'll see you guys on our next show congratulations for all your success guys super exciting to see thank
1: you sonia drive on sonia yeah
0: thanks guys Thanks for listening to another Rockstar episode of the Hemp Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez, and just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to TheEmeraldCircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly. monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests, and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis, and we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much. And we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.